you have your Bibles this morning, if you can find your way to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Jesus one day is coming again. And I know this is probably a message that you have heard most all of your lives. And uh, perhaps the question is, when? And that is an answer um, that no one knows. Uh, I can't stand here and, and give you any mathematical equation. I can't tell you of any prophecy or um, fulfillment of prophecy that would um, give us a timeline of the return of Christ. But we can rest assured this morning that the one who died and rose again uh, will come again. And millions uh, accept this truth intellectually, but relatively few allow this to change their lives. This is one of the strangest facts in, in history, that if we knew that Jesus was coming again, if we could pinpoint a time and a day when he was coming, would we adjust our life? Would we maybe change some things in our homes, in our workplaces, within our own personal lives? Would there be some changes? There's been signs that make us feel that the coming of the Lord is near. Um, Israel will become a nation, as was prophesied in the scriptures, Ezekiel chapter 37. Um, that happened, I believe it was in 1947, something like that. Russia will become a militaristic world power with designs on the Middle East. Well, we see that um, in today's news, do we not? Um, always trying to invade into other lands. The world is getting ready for the Antichrist, as you'll find in Revelation chapter 13. Matthew 24 talks about signs in nature, how uh, the seasons will be mixed up and messed up and uh, I was talking with uh, a friend of mine uh, last evening, and uh, we was talking about how hot it has been, and uh, of course, uh, we're no stranger to the warmth, are we? Uh, of course, as a funeral director out in cemeteries where there's usually is no, uh, or I'm sorry, that's that Mississippi talk, where there are no uh, trees out, you know, it's hot, and you're wearing dark colored suits, and I made the comment, I don't remember in my lifetime it being this hot. And then I also made the comment, but maybe I'm a little more accustomed to being in the air condition uh, more so than I used to be as well. But nonetheless, signs in nature. So what will happen when Jesus comes again? So let's look at the scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And we'll begin reading in verse Number 13, the Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, 
and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for your word. God, we're thankful for that anticipation that we have for the second coming when you come uh, back to receive us unto yourself. And God, how we look forward uh, to the day where we get to uh, worship you for all eternity. And God, I pray that as we look at your word this morning, God, that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, if these dear folk not see me, but they would see you, God, speak to our hearts, convict that one that is lost, convict that one that perhaps is a backslidden this morning, God, that you would call them to repentance and that they would come to follow you. Lord, for whatever you do here this morning, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory, for it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. What will happen when Jesus comes again we find in these verses verse 13 uh, through verse number 16 that if jesus should come today then the christian dead will be raised the christian dead will be raised the bible says there that the sound of the trumpet the voice of the archangel the dead in christ will rise first what a blessed hope uh, that is a wonderful hope, that is. I have often said and uh, down through the years that it maybe it's a little bit morbid and, and maybe some wouldn't like to, to think of this idea, but I have often said that I hope that when the Lord comes again that I am standing right in the middle of a cemetery when this happens. Uh, not for the sake of me doubting, I just, I know what we put in the ground and I know uh, how much of a miracle it would take for that to bust open. But dear friend, I can tell you, when that voice sounds and when that trumpet sounds, those that are dead in Christ will rise from that grave. And so the grave is not a place of despair. Oftentimes, that is how it is looked at. I, I know over the last few years, uh, uh, we have gone from a, a uh, very uh, dark sense of a funeral service to what we call now celebration of life. Uh, how we celebrate that individual, the life that they lived. And, and so the grave is not a place of despair. That we know that Christians, when they pass from this life, uh, go into heaven uh, when they die. And our Lord returns bringing those uh, with him to resurrect their bodies. And so this resurrection means a reunion of body and soul and, and spirit and this new body according to 1 John chapter 3 will be like the body of Christ. What does this mean for us? This means no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more limitations. It was mentioned, some was mentioning their age uh, this morning and it was the gentleman, not the ladies, right? Uh, but nonetheless, one had mentioned 74, I believe it was. And then one, 82. Ooh, I was throwing him up there, wasn't I? Uh, and you know, with this age comes problems, right? Uh, I know of, of elderly who have, um, have to have walking canes and 
and uh, wheelchairs and, and hearing aids and eyeglasses and, and all of these things. And, and I can't help but think there is coming a day, friend, when that will be no more. Uh, there will no more uh, be difficulties breathing. There will be no more of this uh, uh, sickness or this cancer. There will be no more of all of these infirmities that the, our bodies have. It will be a land of no more. And I don't know about you this morning, but that offers encouragement uh, to me and, and makes me long to go there even more. Aside from the fact of being able to see all of those who have gone on before us. Should Jesus come today, the Christian dead would be raised. But notice in verses 15, 16, and verse 17, that if Jesus should come today, then living believers would escape this thing called death. Death has taken its toll down through uh, the centuries, we know uh, going through the Old Testament, Adam died. We know that Abel died. Methuselah, one of the oldest men ever to live, died. Moses, as great of a leader as he was, died. Jacob, great militaristic leader, died. Joseph died. Samson, strongest man ever in history, was not strong enough to escape death. Solomon, one of the wisest men to ever live, was not wise enough to escape death. Men still die, but not all Christians will die. Those living when Christ comes again will be called up and changed. In, in 1 Corinthians, Paul was writing there to the church at Corinth, and he said that we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And he says, in that twinkling of an eye, as a thief comes in the night. You know what the average time for a robbery is? Law enforcement. Uh, I learned this. I, I, I didn't know. Um, movies uh, slightly skew things. You know, it makes you think it's the average robbery happens in five minutes or less. Five minutes or less can wipe you clean. Jesus will come back. It says in the twinkling of an eye. <laughs> that's, that's pretty quick, right? Five minutes or less. It could be all over with. We should not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. What a change that will be. Uh, like Enoch and Elijah, all believers living when Christ comes will be changed. Or some translation says, uh, translated uh, without seeing death. What a blessed hope. There's ten qualifications of uh, this rapture. Uh, for those that, that are interesting, what are these qualifications? How can I be sure that if Christ comes before my life is over, how can I be sure that I am in that rapture? I'll go through these rather quickly. If you want the scriptures to these, I'll be glad to give them uh, to you after uh, services. But ten qualifications for the rapture is, one, you've got to be in Christ. You've got to be in Christ. You have to be or belong to Christ. You have to be holy. Now, I know that's a word that a lot of 
Baptist folk kind of shy away from and and uh, for whatever reason and uh, but I would dare say that if there's something that we as Baptists need to do we need to get back to the holy way of life holiness to the Lord you need to be good that's what John says John chapter 5 need to be worthy now I would say that none of us are worthy of heaven right if we were to be real with ourselves, none of us deserve any good thing that God uh, gives to us. Nonetheless, Luke tells us that we need to be worthy. And the only way to be worthy is to be in Christ. We need to be in the church. Now, I'm not saying that going to church is something that's going to get you to heaven. You can't earn your way to heaven. However, I will say that being in church is a requisite if you will for belonging to Christ if we want to be like Christ if we claim Christ as our own then we should want to fellowship with other believers matter of fact uh, Paul said I believe that uh, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves uh, together we need to be pure that's another word that that maybe we shy away from so many times uh, Ephesians says that we need to be without spot or wrinkle. Galatians tells us that we need to live and to walk in the Spirit. 1 John tells us how we need to walk in the light. Now, these are all qualifications for the rapture, but it all boils down to who do you belong to? It's not about a church. It's not about a denomination. It's not about the family name that you carry, it's not what you belong to, it's who you belong to. And dear friend, if you don't belong to Jesus Christ, then you will not be in that number. Ten qualifications. If Jesus should come again, I want to call your attention, if you wanted to go over to First uh, John uh, chapter 2, just a few uh, books over. If you find Revelation, just go a few ba uh, few books back. First John chapter 2 and verse 28 says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If Jesus should come today, thirdly this morning, some would be ashamed. Some would be ashamed. Abiding in Him that we may have confidence, the Bible says. Are you confident when thinking of His return? I remember, and this is going a few years back, all right? Uh, I surrendered to preach when I was uh, 13 years old. And so I was in middle school. Uh, there in the uh, good old state of Mississippi. And uh, I remember as I had surrendered to preach and uh, I had some younger people obviously within the little crowd that I hung out with. And uh, so after my salvation and after my surrendering, I started uh, carrying uh, a Bible with me. Now I wouldn't just you know, preach to the people in school or anything, and I wouldn't necessarily uh, be, uh, as the old saying is, um, beating people down with the scripture. That wasn't what I was doing. Nonetheless, 
all those years throughout middle school, throughout high school, I was known as the school preacher boy. That's what I was known for. Uh, me and a couple of other guys I grew up with, they actually surrendered to preach. So I've actually ordained a couple of those. One I've ordained as a deacon. And to this day, 16 years beyond graduating high school, I still have classmates call and ask, you know, for prayer, ask uh, I've, I've joined a few in, in marriage. I, uh, you know, I've preached at various family members' funerals because of the witness that was given all those years ago. Unashamed of what Christ has uh, done. Are we confident when we think about his return? Are we longing for the return of Christ? As we had mentioned just a moment ago, that suddenness of his coming in a very in a very moment. I want to drive it home this morning for you. Are we confident? What if Christ were to come when you were in that fit of anger? And I know nobody here probably gets mad, right? <laughs> um I I've have been known to have a short temper and, and there are some things that, that trigger that anger more so than others in our uh, society. But nonetheless, when you're in that fit of anger, what if Jesus were to come? When you were reading that borderline book or that watching that borderline video or movie or whatever the case may be, what if Jesus were to come? When you were passing on that little bit of gossip that you heard, I remember, and I don't mean to go off on rabbit trails this morning, but I remember growing up, I would spend the summers uh, in between school semesters at my grandmother's, and, and it never failed. We would go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, we would go, and if we'd have our lunch with the family, and it wasn't very long after Grandma got home, she was on the telephone, and uh, the conversation went, and I know nobody does that these days, right? The conversation went along, can you believe what so-and-so wore to church this morning? Um, or I can't believe so-and-so wasn't at church this morning. Or I can't believe the preacher said that in the pulpit. Or you know, whatever the case may be. When we're passing on that bit of gossip, what if Christ were to come? The solemn truth for believers is that oftentimes we would not be ready for Christ. I don't know how you are in your personal homes, but I would say um, perhaps you're like most people nowadays, you don't really like to answer the door because especially if you're not expecting someone to be coming. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, what if Christ came and knocked at your home's door this afternoon and said, I just want to come in and, and uh, uh, have fellowship with you uh, this afternoon. Would I be welcome? How many of us would have to say, give me just a moment, you know, I gotta clean some stuff up. I gotta straighten some things up. Gotta put away some things. 
This is the solemn truth for believers. It's even more solemn for those who do not know Christ. That knowing that any moment he could come again. We need to be ready for his coming. The return of Christ is a is 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 it's one of those events that is blessed and we're excited and we look forward to. But it's also a very sombering because perhaps we are not where we need to be in our spiritual walk. We are not where we need to be with Christ. Are you willing to allow this truth to change your life this morning? Maybe there's some things in your life. There's some resentment in your life. There's that, that, uh, that anger that you're holding, that you're bottling up for whatever it may be. Could I encourage you this morning to let that go? Maybe you have some hatred towards someone. Could I encourage you to let that go this morning? Maybe you simply haven't been as faithful to God as you ought to be. Could I encourage you this morning to repent of that, to return to God? Simply say, Lord, use me however you want to use me. Allow me to be a light shining in such dark times. This morning we'll extend a time of invitation. I won't keep you long. But if you need to come to this altar, I would encourage you to do so. Maybe you just need to pray. Maybe you need to pray for someone. It may not even be uh, for you. It may be simply for someone else. I know there's a lot of folks that we had this conversation, I believe it was last week, amongst a few of us, that some folks would say, well, you know, I'm afraid somebody would say something or, you know, somebody might go home and get on the the phone and (laughs) can you believe they went down the aisle, you know. Could I say something to encourage you this morning and say this, that you come and do what you need to do with the Lord. And if anyone else has anything to say negatively about that, they need to be in the altar as well. As we stand together this morning, as you are able, we will extend a hymn of invitation. This is your time to do whatever it is that you need to do with God. Oh uh-huh.